Open your Bible, book of Acts, chapter number one. By the way, I don't throw all the letters I get away. Just the dumb ones. Can I tell you, you can learn a whole lot from your critics. And the church ought to learn a whole lot from your critics. And can I tell you this? You remember this. Now, this is not hard to remember. You only get one time to make a first impression. Always remember when somebody walks through that door, we got one time to make a first impression. And most of the time that's done within the first 10 minutes they're here. So how they're treated in nursery and preschool and children, children's church or wherever, ushers at the doors, uh, in the hallways, uh, at the counters, wherever, uh, it makes the difference. And so God, uh, God wants us, I think, to try to make our church uh, to a church that is courteous and that cares about everybody that walks through those doors. Amen? I guess not. But anyway, that's, that's exactly why I'm going to preach anyway. And I want you to turn to Acts chapter number one. Now, we started out this chapter, and I called it Things Are Looking Up. I told you there would be two messages in this sermon, Things Are Looking Up. The first message was the last command of the church. We ended with that. Uh, that was verse number eight. The last command of the church is that you shall be my witnesses. You not might will be, should be, ought to be. You will be. You shall be my witnesses. How many really believe that? Let's see your hand. Well, that means that if you're saved, Holy Ghost moved in you, he can't stand it till you start to witness. Okay? I mean, God wants us to do that. And so, we looked at that first one, and today I want to talk to you on this subject, fly the friendly skies. Now, I'm not sure that that's true anymore in our human terminology, but one of these days we're going to fly the friendly skies. And anything up there that's not friendly, the, de the demons, the angels of God going to kick them aside and we're going to laugh at them on our way up to glory. The devil don't like that, but that's the way it's going to be. So let's start reading with me today. You got your Bible open? Verse number nine, when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, the cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, you men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven this same Jesus, this same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Now, if Jesus has given us the last command and he's ascending, and now the angels are telling us not to get so focused on above that we forget what's around us. I want you to watch with me today as we fly the friendly skies. Let's bow our heads in prayer. 
Father, I pray you'll help us today with the word. It's, um, it's difficult sometimes to preach on these kinds of subjects that folks are so familiar with, they just turn us off in the beginning. So I pray, God, that you might help people to tune in. Maybe you'll say something to them they haven't heard before, make a difference in their life. God, help me that I might be able to preach and preach in a way that is beyond beyond what power that I have in my own human flesh, but that, God, it will be the power of the Holy Ghost. And we love you, and we're looking for you to just keep doing what you're doing, except help us to let you do so much more. In Jesus' name, amen. First thing I want you to notice, we how we are to be watching. First of all, he talked about how we are to be witnessing. Now he's telling us how we are to be watching. Here we find the first space program that was ever funded by heaven, right? The scene must have been very painful, at least for just a moment. It hurts to say goodbye, doesn't it? If you love somebody and you care for somebody and they've been with you a long time, it hurts to say goodbye. And so for just a moment, their master, the one they had given up their life for, the one they'd followed all over Galilee, all over Israel, and they had went over the hills and the mountains and they sat by the campfire and they listened to him teach and they heard every word and they went by the Jordan and they, they, they listened to John the Baptist as he preached and, and they'd heard all of those things and now the man that they had given everything they had to was leaving. It's sad for just a moment to say goodbye. I want you, first of all, to look at his ascension. I have nothing in my monitors here. Looking at his ascension, first of all, we're looking at a person. We're not looking at some kind of mysterious fake. It's not some kind of magical trick. We are looking at a person. Are y'all seeing that? Now, I want you to notice this ascension. First of all, it's quickly. He just starts up. There's no motors revving up. There's no explosions. There's no blast. There's no spacesuits. There's no anything. He just starts up. No anything happening other than he just starts up through the skies. So it, he ascends quickly. That's why if you're not saved today, you better get ready because he's going to descend quickly too. I, I, I tell you, you're not gonna have, we're not going to have time to have another invitation and saying, just as I am without one plea, so you can get saved when Jesus comes for us. He's coming for those who's already given their heart to Christ. So don't you put it off because we're not going to have another stanza if Jesus comes on the third one. Okay? So he went up quickly, but secondly, he went up bodily. I mean, listen, here is a body, the body of the Lord Jesus, the body that they had, that had walked through a wall, 
the body who Thomas had said, I'll touch your hands and your feet. The body who had cooked fishes on the side of the sea and they had eat with him. The body who had been seen by over 500 people at one time. This was the body. It not only was ascending quickly, it was ascending bodily. But thirdly, it was ascending visibly. Look, while they beheld before their very eyes, they're looking. In fact, I think they're sitting there rubbing their eyes. I think they're saying, what's going on here? Because here is this Jesus we love, and he's resurrected, and we thought he was back, and, and, and the Holy Ghost is coming, and we're, we were just waiting here. Surely, maybe he'll stay. But no, there he goes quickly and bodily and visibly before their very eyes. They're looking at They're looking at it. You say, well, if I'd saw that, I'd believe. No, you wouldn't. That right there will not make you believe. You know what Jesus said to to the uh, rich man that went to hell? You know what he said? He said, if Moses and the prophets were here, they wouldn't hear them. Listen, folks, if you won't hear the preacher you got, you're not going to hear another one. If God sent God sent John the Baptist down here and you've already said no to Christ, you keep saying no to Christ, I'm telling you, John the Baptist preaching won't touch you either. So just get ready. He, he's teaching us something before our very eyes. I can kind of, it's almost like you can kind of see him kind of uh, jumping and straining and saying, reckon I could grab a hope and go up too? But doesn't work that way. So what a sight. That which began in a cradle is now exiting in the clouds. Isn't it amazing? He comes in swaddling clothes. He leaves through the skies. Watching this visitor from outer space for 33 years. Now he slips out of sight behind a cloud, ascends up through the galaxies into the third heaven, defying all gravity going back to glory land to walk the golden streets and to take his seat upon the throne. I can almost hear the shouts as the angels say, hey, hey, he's home, he's back. He's back, he's been gone, but we missed him, he's back, he's back. As he comes to walk down the streets of glory and sit down at the right hand of the Father. Can I get Amen. And, and so I, I, I can just hear them shouting as, he, as they do that. In fact, Matthew 28, 17 says, when they see him, they know he's just about ready to go. He's on Bethany. Bethany is an important place in the Bible because Bethany is on the, uh, the kind of over the rim of the Mount of Olives. If you stood on the Mount of Olives, Lazarus, Mary and Martha would have lived in Bethany, which is now on the West Bank, which is now under Arab control. And, and the, it, the houses are very tight in there. It's really, you just don't go in there. We don't, we can, we, we don't go in there. We don't take our people in there. But I have been uh, to Lazarus's tomb, or supposedly Lazarus' tomb, probably what. But anyway, I went to one they said it was. Had a sign out there that said Lazarus' tomb, so it had to be, right? <laughs> so, but Bethany was just across the rim from the top of the Mount of Olives. If you got the very tip top of the Mount of Olives, 
You could see Bethany right there, just a community. And when you come, uh, just it was probably, I don't know, two miles to, to across the hill and down, maybe three, uh, from Bethany to the city, probably not over two. And so that's where he loved to go, and that's where he went, the Bible said. And when they got there, the Bible said that they fell at his feet and worshipped him. Have you ever noticed the last thing he told us to do was witness, but the last thing they did before he left was worship. They worshiped him, fell at his feet and worshiped him. That's our Lord. That's our Lord. So they watched him as he looked at his ascension. Number two, not only was they looking at his ascension, they were listening to the angels. See, that wasn't just looking at a person, they're listening to a promise. Are y'all seeing this? You see, now there's two shining ones stood and kind of captured their attention and spoke to them. If two shining ones were standing here and called my name, I'd listen too. Two shining ones stood and talked to them and they listened. These were the two witnesses you remember the Bible says that let everything be done with two or three witnesses. Well, that was so that that was so that no one could say someone said this and someone said that. It was a protection device. And so uh, now today we we have we can't use those kinds of things because nobody tells the truth. Everybody lies. Christians lies and don't call it lies. They call it just a uh, cover-up, or they, they call it, oh, oh, I didn't intend to leave that. Oh, I just didn't think that was necessary. I, I, you know, we, we just lie all the time, and, and they'll say, how are you feeling there? Oh, I'm feeling great when they're lying like a dog. Well, somebody else may come to you and say, well, how are you feeling? Oh, I don't feel good when they're lying like a dog. Well, lying's just part of our culture. Y'all, we all agree? So here's some, here's two, so we don't get this thing confused. There's two witnesses here, so we don't get messed up. And if you remember on the Mount of Transfiguration, how many witnesses up there? Two, right? But two on the Mount of Transfiguration. At the resurrection, how many witnesses was there? Two. One at one end, one at the other. Help me. Y'all remember? You've read that part surely in the Bible. And so... Why at his ascension would there not be two? So there's two at his ascension. They promise, they promise that the same way he went, he is going to return. In other words, they're saying, hey, don't keep your eyes in the clouds. He's coming back again. And when he does, you won't have to be walking around like this. You'll hear him call your voice and zip, up you'll go. You don't have to be starstruck. You can just be Jesus struck, amen? And so that's what he, they're listening to the angel. Now, look what they tell him. They say, as they, as they listen to the angels, the angel said, he's coming back as the same person. You notice that? That's the same person. And I think think that's kind of interesting. This same Jesus. This same Jesus. Now, some of you 
get, and, and every, all of us kind of have that idea. What are we going to look like in heaven? Well, Jesus looked the same. I guess y'all ain't listening to me. I'm just telling you. Jesus looked the same. You say, you mean I'm going to be ugly in heaven? No. <laughs> God will do some work on some of you. But you will be, I believe, 33 years of age. I believe it's the perfect age, the, the, the age that Jesus died. I believe that, that was, that's the age we'll be. Nobody will be old in heaven. Thank God. And I believe that we'll know each other as we are known. I just think that it's silly for us to say, well, you know, I, I, I don't think I don't want to go to heaven because I won't recognize my kids. That ought to be a good reason to go. <laughs> Gracious, they won't be piling in all the time on you, wanting some money all the time. And so listen to what he said. He's coming back as the same, uh, same person. Are y'all getting that? So when we start talking about that, that means he's the creator, the virgin born, crucified one, resurrected one, the master, the Lord, the savior, the carpenter of Nazareth, the light of the world, the holy one. He's coming back as the same Jesus. Uh, he's coming back as the good shepherd. He's coming back as the great high priest. He's coming back as the great shepherd of the sheep. He's coming back greater than our father Abraham. He is coming back as the head of the body and the head of the corner and heir of all things. He's coming back as my helper. Thank God and he's up there as my helper today. He's coming back as the helper of the fatherless and the hiding place for the saints. He's coming back as my high tower and my place of refuge. He's coming back as the all-holy child of Jesus. Was in that in that little old, in that little old manger. He's coming back to save Jesus that he was when he left here. The Bible says he is coming back as our hope. That's why the Bible says that Jesus is the hope of glory. He's coming back with the hope of glory all over him, and that's what I've been waiting for. I knew you'd be here, Jesus. He's coming back as the great I am. He's coming back as the image of the invisible one. Did y'all get that? He's coming back as the image of the invisible one. Uh, he's coming back as Emmanuel. He's coming back as Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ the Lord, Jesus Christ the Son of God. He's coming back Jesus of Galilee, Jesus of Nazareth. The judge of all the earth, shall he not do right? He will, praise God. Yes, he will. And he's coming back as the king eternal, king immortal, king in his beauty, the king forever, and the king invisible. We see him go up, but they can't see him. The king, I said, I said the king invisible. You see, we can see when he comes for us, but they can't see. All they see is them baggy blue jeans we left behind on the ground and them Joseph K. boxers that they advertise all the time. That's all that's left. And a pile of earrings from you ladies. God don't need them plastic things up there. But he's coming back, I believe, as the king of Israel, king of kings, king of righteousness. 
I believe he's coming back as the lamb, the lamb of God, the lamb that was slain for the foundation of the world. I believe he's the last animal, the lawgiver, the life, the lifter up of my head. He's coming back as the light of men. He's coming back as the light of the world. He's coming back as the light of truth. He's coming back as the lily of the valley. He's coming back as the living bread. He's coming back as the living water. He's coming back as the Lord mighty in his battle. He's coming back as the Lord of all the earth. He's coming back the Lord of glory and the Lord of harvest and the Lord of hosts and the Lord of lords and the Lord's Christ, our maker, the man, the mediator, a man approved to God, the man Christ Jesus, a man of sorrows, our manna from heaven, he's coming back, our master, our mediator, our mercy seat, our Messiah, the great and morning star, he's coming back like that. He's coming back the mystery of God, except it's no mystery to us now. He's coming back as a name above every name. He's coming back as the only begotten son. He's coming back as the only begotten son of the father. He's coming back as the only wise God. He's coming back as our Passover. He's coming back as our rock. He's coming back as our peace and our great physician. He's coming back as the pillar of fire that leads us. He's coming back as the potter. He's coming back as precious. He's coming back as a priest forever. He's coming back as a prince and savior forever, a prince of life and prince of peace. He comes back as the quickening spirit. He comes back as my redeemer and our refuge. He comes back as the resurrection and the life. He comes back as reverend Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, he comes back as a righteous branch, a righteous God, a righteous Lord, a righteous servant, and a righteous judge. The same Jesus, the rock, the rock of refuge, the rock of his salvation. We sang about it the other day. We go to the rock, the rock of our strength, the root of David, the rose of Sharon. That same Jesus. He's coming back as a sacrifice for our sins. He's coming back the same as yesterday, today, thank God and forever. He's coming back just like he said he would go. We could go on and on and on about this same Jesus. But I hope I've given you enough to know it's this same Jesus. It's not some mystery Jesus. I had to rebuke somebody this week in a revival from the pulpit to which I don't like to do. But I will do it when somebody does anything to mess with the doctrine of this book. One lady, no doubt, wasn't either filled or harassed or oppressed by the devil. And so before I started preaching, I had to make clear that what she said the night before in a time of testimony was not in the Bible. People didn't seem to get mad at me. 175 folks didn't seem to bother them. And I told the preacher, I said, listen, I'll take care of this for you. I'm leaving. you got to stay. I said, I'll handle her. I said, I'll take care of her, but you make sure you take care of this flock you've got. And they don't deserve to believe that some people get more of the Holy Spirit than others. They don't believe that God sent some woman down here to tell preachers what to preach the next eight years. 
they don't believe that God is teaching us to speak in tongues. If it's a gift, you don't have to teach it. Oh, God help us what's wrong with us. I kind of enjoyed it, to be honest. <laughs> Randy was down there about ready to run out the back door. He didn't know what happened since the beginning. He didn't know what was going to happen. And then I turned around and preached on when the devil went to church. <laughs> so how are you to be watching? You're to be looking at his ascension. That means you're looking at a person. You're listening to the angels. That means you're listening to a promise. That means he's coming back as the same person. That means he's coming back for the same people. Same people. Heaven born, heaven bound. That's who he's coming back for. If you hadn't been saved, not coming back from you. You say, what makes you special? Nothing except the Holy Ghost. That's it. And the Bible said in 1 Thessalonians 4 that he's going to catch us away. And you say, yeah, but, but, but the, he, he, that, that, that's not the rapture. Rapture's not in the Bible. Well, if it's not in the Bible, you tell me how one chapter before he said when he comes in 1 Thessalonians 3, 13, that he's coming with all his saints. How you going to come with all of his saints if he hadn't already got all of them? Woo! God help us. You can't explain this book without being a premillennialist. Can't do it. Now, you can be a saint without believing it. You can be saved without believing it. You'll be wrong, but you can be saved without believing it. I'll love you if you don't believe it. I've got friends that don't believe it. I love them. We argue about it. Healthy spiritual arguments about it. But... How are we to be? He's coming for the same people. That means that you better not leave a mess down here because when you get to heaven, you got to love them again. You know, she come out the door, she said to me, and she started telling me all this. I said, man, listen, listen, show me in this book, I don't hear nothing else. Show me in this book, I don't hear nothing else. Well, I love you. Well, I always cover it up because I love you. I said, you have to. She looked at me. I didn't say no more. I just went on talking to other people. Next night she come back. She said, "Next night when I said I love you, I mean, I said no. You have to." <laughs> she didn't have a clue what I was talking about. That's why I know she didn't know her Bible. Because the Bible said, "If you don't love the brethren, how can you love the Lord?" And so we're not only. The third thing is we're living for the advent, his return. He shall so come like you have seen him go. Do you believe these words? I do. All right, here's the last thing, and I'll be done. How are we to be witnessing? We talked about that. How are we to be waiting? We talked about that. But now we're going to talk about how are we to be working. Quit gazing as if he's gone and start going because he's still on the job. Because he said, if I go, I'll not leave you comfortless, but I will send one. And he shall live in you, and he shall teach all men all things. So we need the Holy Ghost. And as soon as Jesus lifted up to heaven, guess what? The Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. And every person that's ever been saved since that day has had the Holy Ghost. He's been baptized into the body of Christ. Christ in him, him in Christ. 
Now, we don't always act like it. Sometimes it's hard to figure out, but we are. I think when you witness your first time, I think the Holy Ghost is going to say, about time you've done something. I've been waiting on you. You just got saved last week. I've been waiting. been a week. You finally got around to it. How do we be working? Well, first of all, it'll lift our heads when we're looking up, knowing when looking up in faith, knowing Jesus is coming again. But we look around in faith, knowing that there's some people that's not going to be with him when he comes. So we can't get our head locked one way. We've got to get a burden and a passion for people who won't slide over. How are we to be waiting? First of all, it encourages me to be a witness because I have a forerunner. Hebrews 6, I'm not going to keep you just a minute or two more. Stay with me. Hebrews 6, verse 19 and 20. Don't you look. Turn over there. Don't just, don't just tell your wife to do it for you. Turn over there. Hebrews 6, verse 19. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil, whither the forerunner for us entered, even Jesus, made a high priest forever. How long? forever after the order of Melchizedek. That means he's not talking about any of those priests in the Aaronic priesthood. He's not talking about anything under the law. Everything he's talking about is under grace right here. And everybody who's been saved by grace through faith, the Bible says in heaven we have a forerunner and he went there to announce I'm here and there's a bunch of others coming. Mm, I like that myself. A forerunner. Well, secondly, it helps me to be encouraged because I have an intercessor. Hebrews 7, 25, look what it says. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him, seeing he ever liveth. Say, ever liveth. Say, ever liveth. Ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now, you tell me how in the world somebody can be lost when Christ ever liveth to make intercession for them. Well, I've seen them do things that I don't believe a Christian ought to do. Well, so what? He's got a good lawyer. Yeah, that's right. And, And by the way, he ain't a crooked lawyer. He's straight. And so he's interceding for us. Be honest, there's only one kind of security, and that's eternal security. Nothing else is secure. (laughs) How could you even have security if you didn't have eternal security? You just can't have it. But not only is our intercessor is he saving us, but he's praying for us. He said, I can look up when I witness because he's praying for me. He's there representing my needs before the throne. He's saying, look at old Glenn down there. He's having its trouble. He's not saying the right words. He's forgetting half the scriptures. Uh, he said uh, he, he needs to get more aggressive or he needs to slow down just a little bit. He's struggling with this matter of temptation. I, I, I prayed for him that his faith fail not. The devil wanted him. He wanted him. He wanted to sift him like wheat, but I prayed for him that his faith fail not. 
If there's anybody that could, it'd be mine. But thank God I've got an intercessor that not only saves me, but prays for me. And thirdly, I have a defender. First John chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, the Bible says that he is our defense lawyer pleading our case, and he's never lost one. Never lost a case. Boy, he could get wealthy, couldn't he? Never lost a case. Come on now. Eight, 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 zero, zero. You know, he don't have to make those commercials. He don't have to go, well, we didn't think we had no money. You don't have to have no money. We'll get you, we'll make your insurance company pay for that money. <laughs> hey, I've been on the receiving end of that, and I ain't got a nickel. After they get about 60% and then you pay your taxes, you left with about a quarter, you can buy a scratch-off, amen? <laughs> but I thank God I got a defender. You can't beat mine. That's real law and order. Amen. How the devil accuses us to our past, our guilt, past sin. It's time we make it all right with everybody involved. And let God forgive our sin because he is our defender. Our past never fully confessed like David did is left uncovered sooner or later. It is left covered sooner or later to be uncovered at the worst of times. So make sure that when you remember you have a defender those you need to forgive, you forgive. And those that you've offended, you ask for forgiveness. And then you ought to worry about having a defender for the present. Does the devil ever sit on your shoulder and tell you how rotten you are? The devil, been in, he, he's rode with me all week except when Randy was with me the other night driving. He just sat there and tell me, you lump head, you don't know what you're doing. You make a mess of everything you touch. Nothing ever went right your whole life. It's always been a mess here and a mess there and a mess here and a mess there. And then I happened to think, I got a defender in heaven. And I said, devil, won't you talk to my lawyer? My lawyer's right up there. And then he also comes and taxes us to our future. Ah, oh, you can't go to heaven. Don't believe that stuff. Talk to my lawyer about that. He's never lost a case. As the nation gathered, watched Space Shuttle Challenger lift off up to the heaven with Crystal McCollin and other passengers. But before it went out of sight, as you remember well, it exploded because of defective O-rings and fell to the sea dashing the hopes of many and considered a great tragedy of America. Now it's considered very minor tragedies considering what we've been through. But when Jesus went up with these, he didn't need a spaceship. And he didn't blow up on the way up. And there was nothing defective about him. He just quickly went on up through the clouds and sat down at the throne 
And instead of dashing my hope, he gave me hope. So lift up your head. Lift up your head. And knock on the door. Lift up your head. Talk to your neighbor. Lift up your head. Instead of get on. Listen, if every one of you that's on Facebook would not talk about anything, just make a covenant with God, I will not put anything on there that's not about Jesus. You won't accuse anybody. You won't tell them how sinful they are. You'll just talk about Jesus. That's all you'll do. I'll guarantee you before long, they'll be shutting some mouths up around here. Not just here, but all over town, all over the country. I wish Trump would do it. He, he gets up too early for me, but he can, well, I'm always up that time anyway, so I guess I could learn to tweet. How do you tweet? Tweet, 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 tweet. I guess, I don't know. I guarantee you them little tweets causes explosions. But when Jesus went up, there wasn't an explosion. There wasn't a dashing of her hope. But there was a giving of her hope. Now, I'm going to close with this story. and Some of you have heard me tell it before. I wish I had time just to go tell you story after story where people's got saved. My first church, I didn't know anything about pastoring. Still don't know much. I never done vacation Bible school in my life. I went a couple of times, a few times when I was a kid. All I remember was making some old flannel pliers out of some old cedar wood. But all I remember, sipping out behind the church and smoking. And so I had my first vacation Bible school. I called them a day, uh, well, then, the, then there wasn't DOMs. Then there were associational missionaries. I mean, they actually came to your churches, and, and they, like new pastors, they would help them, tell them, this is how you do a Bible school, this is how you do a Sunday school. And, and so even ours wasn't the greatest in the world. He came out and helped me a little bit, and he just told me this is kind of how it's to be structured. I said, that's all I need. You can go. You just kind of tell me how to get kicked off. I'll take it from here. And I remember our first vacation Bible school. I had to go to the funeral home and rent tents. Funeral home tents. <laughs> they thought everybody in the church died. I had them around the church there. <laughs> funeral home tents. And on Friday morning, I gave the invitation just like I do here. I explained it to the boys and girls. We didn't have near the crowd, we had probably 150 kids, and, and I was giving them the plan of salvation. I went through the gospel and talked about Jesus. And on the day before, there was a nine-year-old boy in our church. He's a preacher now. He's made some mistakes later in his life, but still loves the Lord. He's gotten back walking with God. He said, uh, Mom, I want to go down here to Mr. Charlie. And we can't go our son. Grass growed up this high. It was an old school bus. It, 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 was, it was nasty, filthy. It was an old burned house was sitting right beside of it. And it, it was animals and rats and everything running around. He said, nope, I won't go see Miss Charlie. Miss Charlie been, probably hadn't been sober in years. He didn't eat anything, just drank. 
never ate, just drank. And I'd go down and talk to him and try to win him to the Lord. And this little boy went with me one day, and he saw him, and he got a burden for him. And on his way home from Bible school on Thursday, she stopped and let him go over there. And just so happened, Charlie was leaning back in one old chair he had outside. He smoked them roll your owns, remember? Uh, now it would be called something else, but then it was called cigarettes. And that nine-year-old boy went over there and said, Mr. Charlie, we're having vacation Bible school at our church tomorrow. Brother Glenn, he, he teaches an adult class every day, and, and you can come to that adult class, and we'd love for you to come. And, and, and we'd li- I really would. I'd like for you to come as my special guest tomorrow. Next day, a little later in the day, we don't see nothing of Charlie. I got time to start talking to the kids. I noticed coming in the back door was a man who had tried to shave and cut himself all over. Blood was blood spots everywhere. Just an old nasty shirt on. Best he had, he found him a pair of pants and put on, and and he come in so in the back row, and it was Charlie. When I gave the invitation that day, it wasn't some kid that got saved. It was Charlie. And I learned that day, I don't care what mamas and daddy says about me or to me. I'm going to try to win these kids to Christ. Because if Charlie can get saved in one of those invitations, those kids can get saved in one of those invitations. I wonder if you know some Charlies. Charlie's. 